Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, Mia's a little bit in her feelings right now as far as how you guys left and went to hang out with Wendy. This has been a birthday from hell. Well, because, Karen, you are trying to straddle the fence. No, I'm not. What I'm doing is... you are. You were both wrong, and this woman is off in some hotel where I don't never do that. that is you. You are not me. Karen, you went to go check on the one who has not owned up to her being wrong. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But she did. You know what? I'm going to check on your ass, too, because I don't Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, back again with our housewives. Um, you know, I was gonna, I was about to say we're so blessed to be watching this. I don't know if we're blessed to be watching exactly what's happening in Potomac, but we're blessed to be watching the show and we should be grateful for that. I am extending a lot of gratitude to Karen, the Grand Dame Huger, because She's just a legend. She's a legend and she's the kind of friend that not everybody deserves, but they should have. And Mia, maybe you need to take note of that, but we'll get into that. We're still night one, you guys, when we begin this episode. I mean, it's a melee, just pure chaos. Everybody's in different places after Mia and Wendy got into it. Ashley is still keeping her stance of all of this shit was really unnecessary. And Giselle is trying to almost get into it with Ashley and be like, well, both sides were unnecessary. Mia's in one car trying to get Gordon to buy her a Spirit Airline ticket back to uh, Baltimore or whatever. And Wendy's yelling at production saying, I don't care if it's three in the morning. When we get back to the house, I'm going to fuck her up. So you guys got to get me a room because before I'm a professor, 
I'm Wendy. And I'm with you on that one. Karen walks out to Mia's car and tells her, listen, we need to maybe let things cool down. I want you to stay. But then Mia accuses Karen of not having her back. So Karen tells her, girl, two wrongs don't make a right. And then she starts getting annoyed because like Jacqueline starts getting into it. So she walks away. I gotta say, I need to know what dress, where Karen got that dress. It was like a slip dress. And it was brown, almost like that Fendi. I'm assuming it was Fendi, but gosh, she looked good in it. Five, five, nine never looked better. In a confessional, Karen clocks it with Mia. She's like, Mia has this philosophy that if you're her friend, you're supposed to ride or die with her. But both of y'all's asses were wrong. So then she says, I'm not the one who invited Sharice to my birthday weekend. Do you have my back, Mia? <laughs> so then Karen walks back to the table. She goes, it's a happy birthday to Mia. <laughs> I love her. Uh, in that moment, Giselle's order of fried red velvet Oreos and ice cream comes in. But Karen looks over at Ashley and goes, that woman has a bottomless stomach. Now, Giselle says the one thing that I will agree with her on this episode, which is that she leaves no dessert behind. She really doesn't. Bloody nails, purses to the head, doesn't matter. I'm getting these Oreos. Y'all want some? And, and I got some ice cream, too. Then Robin's whack ass tells Karen that she feels like Karen didn't try to defuse the situation. And Karen's like, my ass was trying to get the fuck out of here. Y'all weren't sitting in between the two of them. You know I can't fight. <laughs> what What is this responsibility of Karen to defuse the situation? Why? She's not a referee. Just because she happens to be friends with both of them? I mean, you weren't helping to defuse the situation, Robin, at all. In fact, you were lighting the matches, putting the gasoline on the whole situation, but yet you're mad at Karen for not defusing it. If she wanted to defuse something, she probably would have thrown your uh, phone over into the Miami Bay. That's what she should have done to defuse the situation. Then Ashley goes outside to find Wendy and tell her that Mia's thinking about going back home. And Wendy's like, yeah, I think she should go. She committed assault. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. She did. She, I mean, she really did. Then Ashley says, did the point for her that was like too much was when Mia pulled a Miss Dorothy and hit Wendy with the purse on the side of her head. So Ashley asks Wendy if she's going back to the hotel or back to the house. And Wendy's like, yeah, I just, I don't feel safe. But listen, Mia's really lucky that I didn't wear my straight wig this week because I would have been pissed. Like she hit me with that water. I would have been livid. Okay. <laughs> so then the ladies get back in the car. They head back to the house. So it's two cars. In Mia's car, it's Mia, Robin, Giselle, and Jacqueline. And they're all still harping on, they feel like some type of way because Karen didn't defuse the situation. Now she should have called Wendy out for lying on Mia for something. But and then Giselle says, when you straddle the fence, you show both people that you don't support either of them. So now Mia's all activated because of the them about Karen not having her back. And she says in a confessional that if somebody were to fillet Ray's ass, she wouldn't let it happen. Mia wouldn't let it happen. But clearly with Gordon, who loves and adores Karen, she allows his ass to be filleted and didn't see a problem with it. <sighs> okay. So now we got to be responsible as your friend. I got to be responsible for you and your man. And I got a man. No, that that's so wild. Like we're moving goalposts and the strangest of ways to uh, like, why don't we focus on what's really happening here? Cause Karen didn't do anything. So 
What? Like, Karen is being a good friend to you. She's being as good a friend to you as she can be, given the situation. Then the green-eyed bandits and Jacqueline go downstairs, and Jacqueline's whole take on the situation is that nobody tells Wendy no because she's a professor, and nobody tells Mia no because she's a boss. And so that was just, like, a recipe for disaster. Okay. I mean, I didn't hear uh, Giselle and Robin have anything to say about Jacqueline. Like, that feels like uh, fence riding to me more than that, because you were Jacqueline in the car, all supportive and whoop de wop and oh, Karen's at fault for not diffusing the situation. But as soon as you got out of Mia's uh, eyesight, you were telling them, oh, she's basically just as responsible too. So what did Jacqueline say that was different than what Karen did? Other than Karen said it to Mia's face, and Jacqueline did not. And quiet as it's kept me, if you were that much of a boss, then you wouldn't have uh, told everybody right before the season that uh, you got your whole business taken away <laughs> from your own family members. Not really a boss move to me. Wendy gets back to the house with Ashley and she ends up packing her stuff and leaving. The, the girls, as far as we know, don't see her. Just Ashley helps her. <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> Ashley had a Corona in one hand and two pieces of luggage in the other. She's like, let's roll. I can go down the stairs. <laughs> no problem. So the next morning, Ashley, Sharice, and Giselle are eating breakfast, and Ashley starts talking about how she, you know, again, just really didn't like all the violence. The Giselle says, well, it was probably a good thing you were in the bathroom back when the barn situation happened uh, with Candace and Monique. And Ashley says, yeah, well, I didn't like that situation either. So then Sharice, <sighs> Sharice is like, well, don't you think that's a, maybe a little contradictory? You know, because she, Ashley, wrote a statement of support in Monique after the fact. So Giselle says in a confessional that she feels like Ashley's just blowing with the wind now. But Ashley says in her own confessional that Giselle was totally team Candace. But for some reason in this instance, when Mia was the one who attacked Wendy, she now thinks it's wrong to shun Wendy. Somebody asks where Candace is and... We see her in the bathroom putting makeup on, just kind of like grumbling to herself. So she says in a confessional, I cannot believe that over the course of six hours, these girls have already built up mountains of drama. I arrived here ready to do shots and kiki. And then we see a flashback of her arriving to the house. So Robin greets her and immediately Candace looks at her and goes, what happened? what's going on here? So they sit down and Robin tells her everything, how it started with Peter and then Mia threw a drink at Wendy and Candace's draw just drops like home alone style. Then Robin shows her the recording that she took on her phone. And in a confessional, Candace says, Wendy was being very angry, but if somebody threw a drink on me, you want me to take your edges with me to my house. (laughs) So then Candace tells Robin, and then Mia's the one who's throwing purses and bags and stuff. So really, if anybody should be leaving, it sounds like it should be Mia. So Karen finally comes up. She's all ready. It's her birthday. Mia's being pretty nice. She says, you know, even though we're going through it, I can still be nice to her. Well, we'll see about that. So she claims that she planned this all-white themed birthday party for Karen. And also announces that she's going to have a nail tech come to fix her nails since she was the one who broke them herself when she was trying to fight Wendy. Let's be real. Like, she wanted sympathy for that, but I wasn't giving it to you. And neither was Karen, because she was like, well, it would have been nice if you had planned manicures for everybody, but, you know, that's okay. I got my press-ons on. I came. I'm ready. So, 
Uh, Mia also announces that that afternoon they're going to go to the Savoy Hotel to have a day party on the beach. So as Mia is getting her nails done, Karen is telling Candace and Ashley that she still really wants Wendy to be involved. It's her birthday. She doesn't want her to feel left out. Well, Karen says that she just doesn't like the lies that Mia told about Wendy, excuse me, that Wendy told about Mia. But Candace says, but words and drinks and purses are two very different things. And they're all like, yeah, we, we agree with you, girl. So then Jacqueline tells uh, the green-eyed bandits in the pool, she doesn't know if Wendy or the if Wendy will be invited back, but she's going to make sure that Mia doesn't invite her back to the house. <laughs> Girl, I, I don't, I can't make sense of Jacqueline. She doesn't need to be on the show. <laughs> I, I find myself wavering so quickly between being empathetic or I feeling bad for her because Mia treats her like a true redheaded stepchild in front of her new cool friends and also, she's so goofy that it's like, ugh, ugh, I just don't know which way is up with Jacqueline. And really, in this moment, it hit me that I miss Escala from last season. I miss her fashions. Jacqueline doesn't have that. I miss her tenacity and willingness to uh, put it all on table and not be such a sometimey uh, person. And also just the fashions. I want Escala back. Eventually, Candace gets upset to the point where the cry angle comes out. And she says in a confessional that it's disappointing to her that Robin can justify what Mia did because Robin's being a hypocrite. Robin actually notices that Candace is crying in the while she's in the pool. And she says in a confessional that Candace is trying to compare what happened two years ago to what happened the night before. And there's no comparison because Mia was wrong for throwing a drink and Wendy was wrong for escalating the situation. So the producer goes... But Robin, it does really seem like you're more on Mia's side. And she goes, well, it's just because I don't like Wendy. And she just starts laughing. And now maybe I'm being a hypocrite. Because usually in these situations, I would say, I would appreciate if you, somebody just was like, okay, yeah, I just don't fuck with her. But in this case, it just came off as so nasty. I guess because Robin's wrong. And she's being loud and wrong. And... I would respect her, but she's all, I just can't, I can't do it in this moment. Like it would be different. I think if Robin had not done all that antagonistic stuff in the name of like calling Wendy antagonistic, had she not so, uh, lamely inserted herself into this drama, I might give her a little bit of credit for at least being honest, but I can't not now. So Ashley decides to hit up Wendy on FaceTime. Wendy had been really upset. Like her voice is practically gone. She says she's been up crying all night. And then Ashley goes, look, Candace feels bad for you. And she shoves the camera in Candace's crying face. (laughs) Just emotion through technology, isn't it? Oh my gosh. So they're all saying, you know, listen, you deserve to be here. We want to see you. So Ashley says, hey, there was a beach party planned. Maybe you can come. Maybe you'd be more willing to come because that's neutral territory. Like you're not just being thrown back in the house. Right. Um, so then she's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's figure that out. Candace tells Wendy, you deserve to be here. Don't let those bitches make you feel otherwise. So Karen decides to go over to Mia who's inside and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, it's my birthday, as you know. I invited Wendy to the beach, and I'm hoping that that's okay for you. Is that okay? 
So he's like, honestly, it's really not cool with me, but it's your birthday. Just like real passive aggressive. And Kara goes, okay, well, can you do it for me? <laughs> like, do it for me, please. Um, so then he's like, you know, I just think it's like too soon for me. I just like, I don't want Wendy to think that it's okay to disrespect Gordon. <laughs> and anybody who supports that, that tells me all I need to know. So Karen looks at her and goes, oh, are you, are you talking about me? Me? Like, are are you being for real right now? So, oh God. Yeah. So the Karen says, I'm facilitating a bridge. Okay. <laughs> so Mia just like, well, Wendy was telling lies and, you know, I just feel like that's not a fair fight. So Mia tells Karen, listen, I want you to have a peaceful birthday. It will not be peaceful if uh, I see Wendy. So let's just have lunch together or breakfast together. And then you can go and see Wendy and I'll just, I'll not be there. So then Karen has to go back and call Wendy and be like, girl, I'm really sorry. Unfortunately, I have to rescind your offer <laughs> to come to the beach. And so now Wendy's like, okay, this is ridiculous. So they go outside, Ashley takes the phone and they're like, okay, we need to figure out how to see you. Um, you know, it's important that we check in on you. So Karen goes in to tell the rest of the ladies, listen, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go and check in on Wendy, see how she's feeling. And Ashley and Wendy or Ashley and Candace are going to come with me. So the Green Eyed Bandits and Jacqueline are taking shots at this time. So Ashley and Candace go over to take the shots with them. And it's like weird. Like, I don't think like Candace has not spoken to Robin since Robin told her everything that went down and clearly like the vibe is off and they're catching it. Right. So, uh, after they take the shot, the green eyed bandits, you know, chase it with the the lime and Candace goes, (laughs) Candace goes, limes are for bitches and walks away. And then Robin is like, Oh, um, are you talking about me? Okay. I've been nothing but supportive of you, Candace, but thank you. So then Candace stops and she just stares down at Robin and says, I'm going to talk to you later. And Robin goes, no, you're not. So then Robin says in a confessional, she doesn't know why uh, Candace is acting like a butthole because she didn't say that Wendy needed to leave or cheer on Mia. She had nothing to do with the situation at all. Okay, Harvey Levin. Okay, now you had nothing to do with it. Then the girls pile into the car to go to the hotel and Ashley makes a comment about, oh, we're going to make a pit stop. So Mia asks, where are you guys going? So Jacqueline goes, oh, they're going to go check in on Wendy. And Mia immediately gets out of the car. She opens Ashley's door. Now, keep in mind, Ashley's got her back to the door. So when Mia opens it, she kind of like loses her balance a little bit. So Mia tells them, you know, um, I just want to be fully transparent with y'all. Okay. Are you guys listening? (laughs) If one woman said to me, are you listening? We're already going left here. Anything you say after that, I I don't care. I don't care. Girl, are you listening? Get out of here. So then she goes, except for Karen, because she came and told me what she was doing. You guys are going to need a place to stay when you come back. Okay. So Ashley goes, are you kidding me? Girl, this is some petty shit. You are a petty queen petty right now for that. So then (laughs) Candace goes, just close the door. (laughs) 
And Ashley goes, that petty asshole. So then Ashley says in a confessional, I don't know where Mia found the audacity to bring her size 13 shoe over here and actually tell me what I cannot and cannot do as a fully grown woman. I'm not leaving a house that I was invited to because you're mad. <laughs> Candace says this. <laughs> I'm not going to leave this house because you're mad that your feet are big. <laughs> a real one-two punch. And this leads me to something that I, you know, I'm, I've been trying to ask more for what I want, um, ask the universe and just ask people. And I saw that Andy was compiling questions for a watch what happens live between Candace Dillard Bassett and uh, host of Last Culture, he says, and, um, you know, slight crush of mine, Matt Rogers. And I have been lobbying to be the bartender that night. And so if you guys want to tweet at Andy and co-sign that, really get some mobilization going. I, I would appreciate that. I really would. So Karen, Candace, and Ashley decide to go to Versailles Restaurant in Miami. It was said that it was the most famous Cuban restaurant, I think, in the world, or at least in Florida. So I looked it up, and apparently it is the meeting stop for anti-Castro protesters. So a little bit of history there. Um, anyway, Ashley sends a text message to the group saying... <laughs> Mia, it is quite rude of you to invite a group of women out of state and then threaten about them about revoking their accommodation. Just because you don't agree with something, they've decided that brings no harm to you. It's incredibly petty, and I will be sleeping in the same room tonight. <laughs> Ashley's so real for this. Like, this is the stuff about Ashley that I actually um, I admire. Put a couple question marks after that. I'm not... That might be a little too strong, but I appreciate, like, she does not care. <laughs> she has her convictions and she says, cause honestly, I would have been like, oh, you don't want me there. I'm, I'll just kick it with Wendy. Like, I wouldn't be like, I'm staying. I will not be seeking other accommodations. <laughs> like, she's not wrong. I wouldn't take that route, but I kind of fuck with her for doing it. Karen starts to laugh and goes, I'm sorry, but only Mia would do something like this. And Ashley's like, yeah, of course, Mia, that ratchet asshole. <laughs> so the rest of the ladies go out to the beach and, you know, it was fine. Like, I, I guess when I think cabana, I think like something more than just a couple of beach chairs with coverings over it. That That's not really a cabana to me. It's cute. It's cute. We can say that it's cute for sure. So the rest of the ladies go to the beach and Giselle reveals that when she was taking her morning jacuzzi, she looked up and happened to see that Mia and Jacqueline were taking a shower together. So this leads Robin to be like, oh, are you guys, um, have, do you guys get it on <laughs> or, or have you <laughs> get it on? <laughs> do you guys get it on? <laughs> Robin has no sex drive. None whatsoever. <laughs> so, also, like, why would you ask that? So, I feel like women take showers together. I, I don't take showers with my girlfriends, but I don't think it would be, like, that weird if I heard that I wouldn't immediately be like, oh, are y'all fucking? I'm like, grow up. So, this leads Robin to directly ask, like, okay, like, what's what's the deal, right? So, Robin says in a confessional that she's not sure if them showering together means they have a great relationship or a bad friendship, but it sounds like some weird sister wife shit to her. So, speaking of you guys don't know, I do recap sister wives every Wednesday, and it's a fun, it's a, fun, it's a fun, it's a fun. 
Jacqueline makes some comment about how she and Mia are never in competition with each other, but why is Mia letting you sit there on camera with suntan lotion, not blended into your arms? And it was both arms. Like one could make the argument that, oh, maybe Mia didn't see it, but it was both arms. And Jacqueline is a dark skinned girl, dark, darker, darker than the rest of them. They should have been able to see that if it came up on camera. How did y'all not see that? It was bad. It was real bad. But also, Jacqueline, how did you not see that? Anyway, um, back at the restaurant, Wendy arrives and she's like, listen, I'm I'm just hurt because I feel like nobody should violate somebody in their space. And she threw a drink at me over Peter. Peter. And then she says, let's keep it real. I'm going to tell you all something. Peter told me that him and G and Mia used to go on vacation together, but Mia did some snake shit to Peter's girlfriend at the time. So she doesn't understand why Mia keeps referring to Peter as her brother, because the last time she checked with Peter, he told her that he stopped messing with the both of them, Mia and Gordon. Which leads me to um, something that I completely forgot to address last week. Uh, they, Mia, they were showing pictures of Peter and Mia and Gordon out on vacation last week. It's a 2015, right? That And he and Cynthia were not broken up. And that Peter was in that picture with a woman with a blurred out face. We were supposed to believe that that was his girlfriend. And yet... Huh. So did, did anybody figure out who that lady was? Because <laughs> it wasn't Cynthia. Ashley says in a confessional that whatever Wendy must know about the situation between Peter and Mia, Mia must have been privy to because she turned into Hulk at that table. And then we get a flashback where they turn Mia green and lower her voice. (laughs) She's like, Wendy, don't say that. (laughs) The editors are having so much fun. And like, truly, I, I they got the greatest jobs in the world. They really, really do. So then on the beach, Giselle reads the text message that Ashley sent in the group chat. And she's like, honestly, I kind of feel her on that. Like, it's hard to say that they just can't stay in the house, which of course Mia's like, oh yeah, you know, well, you know, I'm just tired of being nice. And Giselle's like, okay, well, I think you should text her back. So Sharice. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sharice decides to play Mia's assistant and she thinks that this is so funny so funny I'm gonna be like hey uh this is Mia's assistant and Mia apologizes and spoke out of turn let's have a good night and enjoy it smooches (laughs) and Candace's response is me Sharice shut the fuck up (laughs) 
like knowing it was from Cherise, girl, shut up. So Ashley tells Wendy that she and Candace got kicked out of the house. And Wendy's like, are y'all kidding me? That's ridiculous. And then she says in a confessional, just because Mia puts on a blazer and four inch stilettos, it doesn't make you a boss. When was the last time you read a book? Green Eggs and Ham? That probably was her last book. I wrote one. (laughs) Oh, Wendy. So Ashley tells Wendy that, uh, sorry, sorry. Mia tries to say that she lashed out because she doesn't like to play about her family. And something, something about her trauma and not being able to let things go. Okay, what are we doing here? All she said leading up to Mia throwing a drink at her was, I don't do play about my husband this way. I don't feel the need to call a man when I'm in his city, the same city as his restaurant and call him. Like I just, Eddie and I don't do that. That's all she said. She let the chopper spray after it, but before the drink got thrown, that's literally all Wendy said, not drink throwing worth. And I don't know like what these lies are. That that Wendy told, okay, like maybe he wasn't, maybe Gordon doesn't have a mistress, but he did have a mistress, actually. It was Mia. <laughs> so where is the lie? Then they start to do a twerk contest, which, you know, <laughs> I don't know why. But as Mia's shaking her ass, uh, J- Robin says, I'm not noticing any tumors on Mia's, but maybe they went away. That was fast. She's nasty. She's a nasty woman. She's nasty. And I don't like her anymore. She's on probation with me, Robin. You're on probation. We really got to work things out. Mm. So they find a group of guys to take a picture of them. It's like a group of like 20, 21 year old dudes, right? Robin takes a particular liking to this uh, very muscular chocolate man. And she cannot keep her hands off of him. And she actually whispers under her breath, I haven't felt muscles like that in a while. (laughs) So Giselle says in a confessional, I didn't know that Robin liked the young ones and I'm not mad about it. Uh, Juan might be, but, but I'm not. (laughs) So Candace leaves to go to the studio to meet up with Trina, AKA the baddest bitch, AKA the diamond princess. And Wendy goes with her. Trina looks gorgeous beautiful thriving baby hairs a colored contact i think um you know a whitney houston shirt and we're just like it's just a love fest it's everybody's just it's black girl magic candace is trying not to cry she didn't amen she kind of did but not like she usually does they're listening to the song wendy's in the background like am i a nikki fan pull up in the sri lanka like it's just such a good moment so happy and (laughs) wendy and candace end up leaving the studio and they do this like happy dance like so excited for candace and (laughs) then wendy's like maybe we should teach her to slither for the music video can we teach trina and then they slither down the street and i just loved it i just was looking at my tv and smiling I love this combination. Um, Ira Madison brought up a great point on Twitter the other day about how, um, well, he brought up several great points about Wendy, but one of them was like that Wendy kind of, if not for this fight, it would have been really hard for her. I think she still would have been an outlier because she doesn't really have too many close relationships on the show. Um, 
But now, like, I'm loving this alliance between Ashley and Candace, right? Who have seemed to have forgotten about Michael being a violator and uh, Chris allegedly being one as well. Um, to be there for Wendy. I really love it. Like, I love the four of them. Ashley, Candace, uh, Wendy, and Karen. That's my dream team. I, I really, really liked watching them. Oh, I also should say, I happened to come across an uh, interview that Wendy did, maybe with Carlos King, I'm not sure, but she said that she's really not understanding all this stuff with Robin because she and Robin have a genuine relationship and friendship outside of the show. That over the pandemic, they were talking about cooking and checking in and Robin would call her and be like, hey, how are you doing? How are things with you? Like, she thought they had like a real offline off-camera friendship so she doesn't understand and they'll also send each other uh you know rumors or he said she said about like whatever and be like a girl isn't this crazy like why do people think we're not friends like that that's wild for her to now be like yeah i don't really like wendy that's that's wild the other ladies get back to the house and Giselle has woken up from a nap. She's clearly still drunk from the beach. So Mia has Karen come up to speak to her. And Jacqueline is also there for whatever reason, acting as Mia's proxy, like speaking for her. So Jacqueline says, Mia's a little bit in her feelings right now, as far as how you guys left off and you went to hang out with Wendy. But Karen's like, this has been the birthday from hell. So Mia's like, Karen, you're trying to straddle, straddle the fence. And Karen says, no, I'm not. You were both wrong. And this woman's gone off in some of the hotel. So Mia's like, well, I would never do that. And Karen says, well, you're not me. <laughs> and, and there we are. There we are. We are two very different people. So then Mia starts yapping about loyalty and Karen goes, okay, does loyalty mean that I have to do everything that you want me to do, even if you're wrong? Like, you're really into this control thing, Mia. And like, do I have to ask you if I can have permission to do this or that? Like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm grown. Five, nine. Five, nine. <laughs> And then in a confessional, Karen pulls out a crown out of nowhere, a tiara. And so goes, uh, what did she say? A queen does not ask for permission. So I guess she upgraded herself from Grand Dame. She coronated herself to, to the queen. Uh, so Karen's like, okay, are we good, Mia? And Mia's like, yeah, we're good. I just, you know, I don't feel like it's my responsibility to host your birthday party anymore. I just feel like it's a slap in the face for all my effort. So Karen's like, oh, you don't have to throw me a birthday party. Don't worry about that. I had a cake and a candle. God is good. I got roses from Ray Ray and I'm good. <laughs> Mia tries to then say, oh, your birthday party was actually at the beach when you went to go check on Wendy, but you picked your side. And so Karen goes, okay, wake up, Mia. Wake up, Mia. The episode ends with Jacqueline telling Mia, okay, you guys are done. You're not friends anymore. Okay, J Jacqueline. Okay. Uh, girl, let, let's move on to Salt Lake. I'm kind of feeling like maybe we should give Jen the master because there is a big possibility that she might be spending the next couple years in a six by nine foot gel cell. Oh, you guys, I am so grateful because this in episode nine 
in my opinion, actually a great episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And you know what? I think I might be onto something when I say that we didn't have to hear one thing about Whitney's healing journey. And instead we got the old Whitney back. And forever will I be grateful for that. And I think we all should be, frankly. But let's get into the episode. So we kind of start off a little bit dark, a little bit foreshadowing with Jen. She's in the bathroom getting ready, putting her contacts in. And mixed in between this footage is flashbacks of the feds running up on the uh, parking lot of Beauty Lab and Laser. Uh, Jen and her cultural appropriation braids walking out of the uh, courthouse. That sort of stuff, right? Things probably all as much as emblazoned into our mind as it is Jen's. <laughs> so Jen says that after her dad died, she started going on antidepressants. And then she thought things were kind of okay and she was in a good place until, <clears throat> you know, the Southern District of New York came down with some indictments. So now she's just taking each day as it comes. And then Heather meets up with Angie H. and Dana to talk about how they were all either barely or not invited to the upcoming San, San Diego trip. Angie H. knows nothing about it. So, like, really, she's like, okay, so I'm, I'm not going to be on the show? Got it. So then, Angie H. didn't know anything. Heather says she just got a text from Jen on the way there, on the way to lunch. So she feels a little bit like an afterthought. And then Dana reveals that when she was at Meredith's house, she got the, Meredith got the invite from Jen. Then the FaceTime panned over to Dana to reveal that she was there. And then basically Dana and Jen got into it. Jen screamed, hung up. We saw it. We saw her <laughs> getting out of that pool uh, in the middle of the day. So now we find out that Meredith actually went ahead and invited Dana anyway. So now Dana is officially a guest of a guest. The, the most sad thing that you could be on the housewives, frankly, Dana says she's going to have the best time. She's going to make the most out of the situation. And Angie goes, Dana, I think you left your sweet smarts at the door. <laughs> then we see Meredith going over to Jen's house. And it's Ramadan at this point. But Jen says she's not fasting because Coach said she would get sick. I'm assuming because of the antidepressants that she's taking. Um, so she says that in the other thing that's helping her with her relationship with Allah and Ramadan, you know, it's, it's helping her. It's helping her get through this... Uh, <laughs> trying time to say the least and the ramadan's about asking for forgiveness and uh reflection time and jen says you know and i am using this to feel better <laughs> it's like or you're not using it to re repent okay all right. Um, so Jen also says that part of Ramadan is being calm because if you break Ramadan from being argumentative or fighting, then you kind of have to start over. So Meredith says, she's like, I'm using all the strength, all the strength of Brooks Marks, Allah, Seth, Chloe, the whole gang's there to hopefully talk Jen into being okay with the fact that she um, invited Dana to this trip behind her back. Jen has no idea. <laughs> Speaking of Dana, she continues to, uh, you know, talk to Angie and Heather about how she just really doesn't like how combative Jen is. And, like, maybe y'all are okay with it. Maybe you've learned to be okay with it. I don't know. I personally can't get over it. Heather kind of admits that she's kind of on the fence with Jen right now because she feels like Jen has certain rules for friendship, that it's either ride-or-die loyalty, or if you're on the bad side of her, then you'll just be burned alive. So Heather tries to give the rest of the ladies advice of like, listen, 
I feel big things. I feel horrible things just like Jen does, but I've learned to push it down. I've learned to put it in a box deep in my brain and I'm having a great time. But Dana's like, girl, you need to stop suppressing it. She's like, no, 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 no. You think I want to be like Jen? Listen, I like suppressing things. Okay. You forget it. It goes away like a bill, like a bill in a drawer. <laughs> so then Heather starts to get emotional and says, she doesn't even know if honestly she wants to go because she feels like she's not wanted and she feels like she's at a breaking point because who's mad at her at this point? Lisa, Whitney, Jen, probably for reasons unknown. Yeah. So back to Jen and Meredith. Jen says that now that the trial has been pushed back to July at this point, she needs a break in the form of this girl's trip. And she's appointed Meredith the CEO of fun, which is usually her job. But I imagine that like, I don't know if she's really allowed to be the CEO of anything, even fake emotions. Legally, I think that might be per her, per the terms of her uh, uh, freedom at this point. I, I think she's not allowed to be the CEO of anything. So Meredith is like, listen, um, I think I want to invite Dana. And Dana goes, hold on, let me take a sip of this tea. Meredith? Did you play this because it was Ramadan? And Meredith's like, well, you did open the door with that. And honestly, I just felt like, hey, my day just got so much easier. <laughs> so Meredith tells Jen that she feels like there's just a miscommunication between Jen and Dana. And Jen's like, you know what? I'm just going to trust you on this, Meredith. She can come. Then we cut to some pretty typical packing scenes. We see John Barlow looking like... Uh, he usually does as Lisa's going on about how she's going to be going through packing like three cases of luggage for this three-day trip and also we need to go to Louis Vuitton real quick because I have some things to pick up one case was just going oh sorry I had to sneeze one case was just going to uh house her shoes and John just <laughs> what what's going on with John Barlow what that might be the the name of my new podcast a limited series for me to figure out what the hell is John Barlow's deal? Then we see Jen and Angie Kay get together to plan this trip. And Angie wants to meld their two cultures. So it's going to be some sort of Greek Tongan Polynesian situation. Uh, girl, that's on you, Angie. Um, <clears throat> Jen is back, back in those braids. And she's wearing some oversized Louis Vuitton sunglasses indoors. And she has a, mag, a mug that says, Shaw the fa up. The Shaw thing is going too far. Shaw the, T-H-A-H, Fa, F-H-A, F-A-H, Shaw the Fa up. It doesn't roll off the tongue, Jen. You, we gotta stop. <laughs> but anyway, Whitney's also getting packed. She's getting packed with Justin. And she says, I just feel like this is going to be the same shit with me and Heather. Heather's going to crack jokes and pretend like nothing happened. I'm going to be smiling and nice. And eventually something's going to trigger us. And I'm going to lose my shit. So Justin asks, what do you think you're going to get out of this trip? And Whitney goes, probably just a migraine. She was right. It's at this point that I should probably tell you there's pretty major construction going on outside. So if you hear anything, that's what it is. My bad. I, I'm doing the best I can, y'all. So all the ladies get to the airport and it's like awkward immediately because Dana is only friends with who? Meredith and Heather. And she's on an island all by herself standing in front of the uh, pickups, <laughs> the luggage pickup. So she's just awkwardly standing there by the side. And then Jen goes to Angie Kay, this is my trip. Is she not going to say anything? 
And then Jen says in a confessional, listen, Dana Banana looks like you're no fun, Fanana. <laughs> Another clunky rhyme scheme on Jen Shaw's part. But she goes, how are you not going to acknowledge the person who invited you? Well, I didn't invite her. Meredith did. But really, bitch? <laughs> and, this, and Jen is back. OG Jen is officially back. Heather says in a confessional, listen, I love these girls as much as I hate them. So I'm just hoping this is going to be a good trip. But I kind of have a feeling that it's not going to be. And then Heather tries to get three herself and her three large pieces of luggage on an escalator. And they just tumble. Just tumbling down. There are guys at the bottom trying to help. She just keeps going up and keeps looking down. <laughs> just like, well, <laughs> let go and let God. I just want to implore you guys, if you have not seen this clip, I don't know where Jen is, but she's clearly backstage somewhere. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Somebody's recording her. She's walking in this backstage area, and for whatever reason, there happens to be a whole basket full of, like, baguettes. <laughs> and she walks past them, and she takes a look, and then she walks a little bit, and then she goes back and steals one. <laughs> And just the way her face is, it's just so funny. Like, I can't resist. I'm going to steal this bag of bread. It backs... Where was she? <laughs> That's what I need to know. So then as they're, like, getting in the plane, Jen is playing a uh, co-pilot, and, and somehow she has wrangled uh, the phone from the uh, flight attendants. But <laughs> Whitney... <laughs> Whitney got the line of the, of the week. She goes... <laughs> Yay, another domestic trip because of someone's court-ordered travel restrictions. <laughs> San Diego, here we come. <laughs> when Whitney just acts as a surrogate and the, the peanut gallery for the audience, because we were all thinking this, like, this sucks. And also, we know why y'all can't travel internationally. So thank you, Whitney. Somebody had to say it. So on the way to the house, Mangie, Man, and, blah, blah, Angie makes everybody cheers with water over the house. <laughs> like, hey guys, let's do a new cheers for our new place of business for the next few days. You know what, Angie? I don't, honestly, I'm kind of on Jen's side. I don't think you should have been leader in this in any regard. Because it's not giving. It's not giving at all. Meredith tries to set some ground rules as the CEO of fun by saying no locked doors. And Heather's like, okay, but how am I going to masturbate <laughs> That ain't gonna work, girl. So Meredith announces that she has some rules. And Jen immediately cuts her off and goes, here are the rules. One, have fun. Two, have fun. Three, don't be a bitch unless you're a fun bitch. <laughs> and what is a fun bitch, you might ask? Jen explains in a confessional that a fun bitch is somebody who says, fuck you with your titties out. I think that might be me. Am I a fun bitch? I think I might be. <laughs> Finally, they get the champagne out and, you know, Meredith says, listen, I have no problem calling the fun police if people don't behave. <laughs> and then Heather goes, well, cheers to calling the police. I mean, girl, <laughs> read the room, read the sprinter. Y'all, thank fuck when we get to that house, it was designed after 1995, unlike that home in Arizona. Very chic, very giving, uh, club, private resort vibes. Grease, it's all white. There's these cabanas. It's cute. Real cute, right? So Jen says that they need to look at the rooms. And this is where hell comes. Here go hell comes. Angie's insistent that she's going to be giving them a tour. So be clear, Angie's friends own this house. So she ostensibly knows it and 
technically probably should be the one giving tours. I understand that Jen is like the leader, but this is where I'm like kind of on Angie's side because Jen, what are you going to show us? You've never been here. And that also doesn't make Angie like, I don't know, but whatever. Um, so first she starts off with a little casita that she's going to give to Jen. It's spacious. It's got its own living room. I don't like it. Okay. So then we go to room two, three, four. They've all got numbers outside. Jen gets upset at one point because Angie didn't show the rooms in numerical order. <laughs> I'm not sure why that mattered, but she didn't want the second room either. <laughs> and then Whitney makes a comment of like, I don't know how you guys don't break out into fight every second with each other. And Angie's like, well, I just ignore her. How about that? <laughs> didn't love that. Jen did not love that. So then they get to Angie K's room, which is the primary. And Jen goes... <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Um, are you in charge? What's going on here? Whitney says in a confessional that historically Jen has always gotten the best room and she kind of feels like maybe this time should be the same because there's a big possibility that Jen might be spending the next couple of years in a six by nine foot jail cell. Jail cell, she said, excuse me, jail cell. <laughs> so now all the ladies are kicking it in the primary bedroom Angie tries to give Jen a hug and Jen's like, fuck you. I plan the trip and you get the best room. That's fine. And Heather goes, well, doesn't sound fine. So Jen goes, uh, no. To Angie, the girl who plans the girl's trip is the one who gets the primary. Not you, the side piece. Girl, if you don't take that casita and shut your ass up, like, what are we doing here? What is the argument? What are we fighting about? I mean, I love it, but, like, this is beyond. This is beyond silly. So they go downstairs to figure out who's going to be in the rooms. And Meredith, as we know, I just need a tub and I'll be fine. Heather says she's fine taking with the casita. Like, Jen, if you don't want it, I'll take it. And Jen's like, sure, you can take it. I just want to be able to do glam in the living room. Heather's like, yeah, girl, do whatever you want. So Jen starts to make a speech, but then Andy, Angie like jumps in on her. And then Jen gets really pissed off because Angie choked on her uh, champagne. I don't think intentionally, but this really is like phase two of Jen being pissed off at Angie. So then out of nowhere, it's, silent everybody's speaking quietly uh clearly it's very intense and awkward but um out of nowhere jen just no words pours the rest of her champagne over angie's head so angie's like are you serious and jen goes yeah i am <laughs> so then we get a replay where we see it in slow motion everybody's reaction whitney's like no hands over the mouth Lisa's they get everybody's reactions in the confessional and Lisa's like gosh this is really demeaning Heather says that Angie was just standing there like sissy spacek in Carrie with the pig blood all over her and then Angie says to Jen like that's not funny and Jen goes well it is funny this is a fun trip and then she takes Angie's glass of champagne and she pours the rest of it over her head so everybody's just staring at both of them silence pin drop silence while Jen is insisting we're having fun but Angie's like I got my hair blown out for tonight we're gonna go out to dinner this is really giving like 
Bizarro World, Ramona and Heather Takeman. Where did they go? To Heather's place? Not Heather Takeman. Chris and Takeman. They went to Heather Holla's house, right? <laughs> and they were in the lake and... <laughs> You know, uh, Ramona had just gotten her blowout and she had her classic curler in her hair. I mean, that lady. Pry uh, the single curler for the bang. What a... Oh, we're not ever going to see her again, are we? (laughs) I forgot Ramona's gone. Well, anyway, I was referring to the time when Ramona was on the show and she was yelling at Kristen Takeman. Who are you to get me wet? Did I ask you to get me wet? No. Why did you get me wet? Except in this case, I'm actually on Angie K's side. Like, this is stupid. It is demeaning. I would never, like, I could not imagine my friend pouring a drink on my head and being like, ha, we're just joking, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> like, I would just never, like, who are you? What happened to my friend? I would never do this. Or think it was funny. There's also the other cultural side of where, like, Outside of, I don't know, like Candace Owens, I can't imagine a black woman reacting well to somebody pouring any sort of liquid on their hair. So there's that. There's another layer for me. Meredith says in a confessional, well, people have different levels of what they find fun. And it appears that Angie doesn't like a drink poured on her head. So noted. (laughs) Meredith, shout out to you, girl. But like, you're not fun either. (laughs) You're not fun. You're not fun. So Jen announces that they're going to be going on a yacht. So they need to bring it like big pimp and video style. I I said that. Thank God. Not she, she didn't. But everybody's like, okay, this is really great. Like, can we get out of here? Can we leave? Can I go to my room? Please, please, please. Let me go. Lisa ends up taking Angie aside and she's like, I just feel like Jen thinks that maybe you're trying to take things over, but, like, you got the house, you know the space, like, I got where you're coming from, you just wanted to help with the rooms. Then Lisa has this whole, like, crisis of conscience about how upset she was with herself for not speaking up in, in on Angie's behalf in the moment, which I thought was pretty interesting. Whitney ends up finding Jen outside, and Jen keeps trying to pitch this as, I was just trying to have fun. But Whitney says in a confessional, that wasn't fun. Like, we're not having fun partying and you're throwing champagne down my skirt. Like, that was like, listen to me, bitch. <laughs> like, that was like a dog migrating its territory. And so, instead of pee, it was a bottle of Vuv. I love Whitney's voice. I really do. It's one of my favorite things, like, in life. I'm not even kidding. So Lisa tells Angie that she wanted to speak in the moment, but like she didn't want to pour gas on the fire, but she just feels like Jen's just lashing out simply because she didn't get the best room. And then Lisa's like to have a friend throw a drink on you in front of a group of people. It's so awful. And I just feel like maybe I've been conditioned as Jen's friend to not call out her bad behavior. And If you do, you're not a good friend. But actually, you should be able to call people out and say what you just did was wrong. I'm with you, girl. Jen says in a confessional, listen, it's not like I threw her in the pool or pulled her weave out or sent her home curbside at the airport. What's the big deal? (laughs) So Angie says to Lisa, you know, after all I did for her, I cannot believe that she would treat me like that. I paid for Coach Shaw's entire party, which I wasn't supposed to do. I was supposed to open my home up And she was going to plan it all. And I ended up planning it and paying for it. So then Angie says in a confessional, I spent $15,000 on coach's birthday, $3,000 on flowers. And then she just goes on and on. And we get the, like the C-SPAN ticker tape, just 
dancers, $900. Appetizers, $4,000. And how much did I get from Jen Shaw? Zero. (laughs) Then Angie tells Lisa, you know, I could have bought a pony. I could have bought my daughter a horse for that money. And yeah, I did do that. (laughs) And then we have to see a picture of her her daughter with the pony. (laughs) We don't know you, girl, but like, I'm living for this. This is like Beverly Hills, like early Beverly Hills delusional. Like, Angie's so rich that she doesn't know how stupid all of this sounds. And I live for it. I live So then Angie declares that when they get back from this vacation, Jen's going to be getting a bill from her. (laughs) Speaking of Jen, outside, Meredith says, I think this will all be fine because honestly, I don't think Angie's really angry. Cut to, (laughs) I'm like, really angry. (laughs) My only note for Angie is that next time when you try to cry, don't worry about the tears. It's actually better if you don't. Just make the face and the noises. You don't have to worry about crying. You're not. You're fine. But then she did make Lisa get up and get her a tissue. So actually, maybe it was worth it. But she's like, you know, Jen is in the fight for her life right now. And she really needs people in her corner. But instead, she's doing this immature behavior, which isn't doing her any favors. Honestly, well, we'll get to it in a second. Okay. So Dana and Heather are hanging out. And Dana asks Heather, like, how would you feel if you had a drink poured on your head? And Heather goes, listen, I would be pissed. I also kind of agree that Jen seemed like she kind of just wanted Angie to be quiet. (laughs) So Dana's like, girl, but we don't handle things like that. And that's supposed to be your best friend. And then Heather reveals why. Because she says in a confessional, I'm secretly thrilled because I felt daggers were coming at me this whole vacation. And now with this fortuitous swish of a tablespoon of champagne, the tide has turned and maybe the trip won't be about how bad of a friend I am. And maybe instead it'll be about somebody else. (laughs) I love it. I love it. This is chaos. Pure chaos. So then Jen says, I just feel like I've known Angie K for 20 years. It really shouldn't be that big of a deal. I feel like I was justified because Andy was confusing everybody about the rooms. <laughs> the justification. Y'all, this woman is she's going to jail. <laughs> this, this is the behavior that I'm like, oh, she's, she's like really going to prison, y'all. Ooh. Oh my god, did you guys see this screenshot? Somebody got a screenshot of Jen's outside the door. And I know, like, she's renting this. But the irony is that there is a, like, metal stuck to the house sign that says, No solicitors, please. Like, really, it's annoying. I'm like, girl. (laughs) Let's let that sink in as to why that is extremely ironic. I'll give you a moment. After Jen leaves, Heather gets up and tells Dana, listen, I know, I understand you want to fight for truth and righteousness. I get it, but you're a guest of a guest. So I think maybe you shouldn't, you know, get too into it. So Dana's standing, sitting there in a bra, like, okay. But she says in a confessional, loyalty seems to be running real deep with these ladies and Jen. Does she have blood samples from them? Does she have their DNA? Something weird's going on. So then all the ladies meet downstairs to head to the yacht. I have a question for you guys now that I'm I'm just thinking about it. If you knew that your 
frenemy was going to jail and like <clears throat> probably going to jail and you had maybe like a year and a half with her would you just be like i think this might be where heather's coming from like listen quiet as it's kept i don't really think i'm gonna have to deal with jen for too much longer so let me just just go along with it you know it's just gonna make my life so much easier even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. And if that's where she's at, then I'm kind of not mad at it. I get it. Like, nothing these women can do to Jen is going to be worse than what's about to happen to her, so why bother? You feel me? All the ladies meet downstairs to head to the yacht. Lisa asks Angie how she's feeling. We see a flashback of Angie calling her husband the hour before. And she's like, you know, Jen's being accused of scamming people, and suddenly I feel like I got conned out a thousand of dollars by throwing her that party for her and Coach. And then she starts crying on the phone. She's like, you know, it would just be one thing if Jen appreciated it, but she doesn't. Okay. Well, I mean, listen. Yeah, I mean, if you throw a drink on my head, you're going to have to run me those coins back, girl. I'm going to need them all back. But to be clear, I'm just on Angie's side in the moment. It's going to change later when we find out the truth. So then, oh my gosh. It's like sharks versus jets. They're in the kitchen Jen's with her crew on one side. Angie's talking to Lisa. Jen clearly knows that they're talking about her because they're literally like not even an island's distance worth, you know, away from each other. So she says in a confessional, Angie had time. She could have come over. She could have talked to me. But instead, here her and Lisa are over there buddy, buddy, chit-chatting. I invited the wrong Angie. Can we call think it Angie H.? And this is like, okay, they let Jen, I think, pick, pick an Angie and she'll be on the show. <laughs> and she picked wrong. She picked wrong. So Whitney says in a confessional, God, the tension is real. And if I had a zit on my forehead, it would have popped by now. So once everybody gets into the sprinter, Whitney tries to break the tension. And Jen's like, listen, I was just trying to speak the truth. And seems like that was an issue. <laughs> So Angie tells Jen, girl, you don't need to make anything more uncomfortable than it already is. And Jen goes, who am I making uncomfortable? And Angie just looks away and puts her glasses on, her sunglasses on. So then Jen tells Angie that she needs to apologize. And Angie's like, no, girl, I think you need to apologize. For what? For getting you wet? I'm sorry. I thought you were my friend for 20 years and it was a joke. 
And then they go back and forth as to the location of where the drink spattered on Angie as if it's like the Zabruder film. Uh, Jen saying she just put it down her head, her face. Angie saying no, it went in a western motion down the side of this uh, portion of my hair. So that's a lie. And then we have to play the raise your hand game again. When Angie asks everybody, raise your hand. Does anybody want to raise your hand? Did you guys think it was funny? Anybody? <laughs> They're all just sitting there. Cut to uh, Jen in her Hamburglar costume, raising her hand in the confessional. So Jen keeps on with this. You were just confusing everybody about the rooms. And Angie's like, okay, so you poured a drink on my head for that? I'm trying to be super nice about this and Sharif's party. I had to plan the whole fucking party and I paid for that entire party. Jen, what did you pay for? So Heather says in a confessional, wait a minute. I went to Angie's to do a walkthrough where Angie offered her home. So we see a flashback from three months ago where they're taking a tour of the house. Heather's talking to Angie about how excited she is that they're doing this. And Angie's like, yeah, I'm excited too. I haven't been able to have a housewarming party. This will be the perfect... Thing. Like, this is going to be it. So Heather says in a confessional, for Angie to unload that in front of all of us, it feels like a sucker punch. Like, it feels mean and it feels ugly. So then Angie asks Jen, have you ever offered to reimburse me? And Jen goes, yeah, I have. Are you fucking kidding me right now? And then Jen says in a confessional that she was actually going to host Coach Shaw's party somewhere else. But Angie called her and said, listen, we're done building our house. We haven't had a housewarming party. I'd love to host this party here. In fact... She hosted a tasting at the house. So back to that same three months ago, Jen comes over. They're trying food out. They're trying drinks. And Jen's like, Coach Shaw doesn't even drink. Like, she's a liar. She's a goddamn liar. Then Angie tells Jen that she's been a really good friend. But today was a tipping point for her with Jen jumping, dumping that drink on her head in front of her friends because it was embarrassing for Jen and humiliating for her. And then she goes, I'm a fucking respected woman. And Jen goes, so am I. And Angie goes, are you? <laughs> are you? I wouldn't have opened yourself up to that one, Jennifer. But anyway, she, Angie, I think, got her off pretty light by being like, you're actually a bad friend. Because she could have let the chopper spray in very different ways. We all know. She's like, you can't keep a friend for anything. You know? So then Angie's like, I was supposed to open up my house to you, not my wallet. And you never said a word, Jen. So then Jen screams, I gave you a fucking $5,000 necklace. Don't lie. <laughs> Another flashback. Jen opened herself up right again. We see just from the day before Jen giving Angie this necklace and she straight up says, I brought it, but I can't put it on because of my nails. So here you go. <laughs> and Angie's like, oh, are you for real? Jen's like, yeah, sure have it. Girl, this is not, girl, this is a hand-me-down. This is a hand-me-down. Didn't she take this right out of the Mary Cosby playbook? Because didn't Mary last season or the first season give Jen a pair of shoes on a vacation? But when we found out in a confessional that Mary just gave them to her because she didn't like them anymore. I'm like, oh, I've had them in my closet for years. I just didn't want them. Angie tells Jen that she's just deflecting and lying. She's like, you gave me a necklace that you were already wearing. I didn't ask to throw a party and in return get a necklace, Jen. <laughs> then Andy, Angie K says in a confessional, 
The last thing I want to do is wear this necklace and be out in public and have the Southern District of New York find me and take the necklace off my neck. <laughs> like, um, the visual. <laughs> do you honestly think that's going to happen? I live. I live. I think I like Angie K now. <sighs> At least for this episode. So then Angie asks Jen, where's my thank you? And Jen goes, thank you. <laughs> And then Angie says, I don't need that. (laughs) Where were you when I was on my floor for three days after that party cleaning because it was trashed? I was willing to help you and sweep it under the rug. And, you know, Dana goes, well, no more sweeping things under the rug. We're not doing that anymore. So Angie says, pouring a drink is probably something you should do to Dana because of the week you guys had. Not me. (laughs) That's iconic. Because Dana inserted herself into it. So yeah, let's talk about it. Be mad at her, girl. Not me. Jen tells Angie she didn't even want to have that party at her house anyway. And Angie's like, well, you did. So Jen says in a confessional, I had no idea that if you hosted somebody's party, you were supposed to send them a bill after. (laughs) Damn. I wish I had gotten that memo three years ago when I hosted Meredith's party because I could have sent their family a check for 80 grand. But that's not what you do when you actually fucking host the party. So right before they get on the boat, Jen starts crying. Heather says in a confessional, she's nervous because historically they don't do well in confined spaces. And this is basically just a sprinter on open water. Then Meredith is like, you know, I feel like I'm failing as the CEO of fun. Failing miserably. (laughs) You are. Heather meets Captain Drew, who is this tattooed... 40-something dude. I don't know. Heather's horny immediately. She's like, you know, oh, Captain, my Captain. (laughs) There's Samantha Jones of her. (laughs) We could run into an iceberg and uh, I wouldn't mind sharing a door with him. Then a waitress comes out to get their drink orders and Heather says she wants a drink that tastes as yummy as the waitress's titties look. So... Yeah, that's that's something. The episode ends with Jen and classic Jen moans, screaming about, you know, why would I have asked to have a party at somebody else's house? Angie's coming at me more during my most vulnerable time, so fuck you, Angie. You're fake as fuck. Why don't you jump out the motherfucking boat and swing, <laughs> swim back to shore, bitch? Angie's not anywhere near her, by the way. <laughs> Jen's just ranting and raving to Meredith. Meredith is like in a confessional, like... I'm concerned for Jen. I know that she's not in a very great mental state. Having it being exacerbated by friends who are not very supportive. I think she's trying to numb herself. And I feel like she's getting to a breaking point And it's very unsettling. It's frightening. That's it. So I kind of feel like, yeah, maybe the first part was foreshadowing for what's going on with Jen. What's going on with John Barlow? What's going on with Angie H, Angie K? What's going on with Baby Gorgeous? All questions that we can ask ourselves headed into this weekend. Thank you guys so much for listening. Why do you guys listen to me? (laughs) Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.